Prophecy is simply when someone stands up and speaks forth. And it says in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy is for exhortation, edification, and comfort. You don't use prophecy to stand up and whip people in line, okay? You don't use it for that purpose. That's not what it's for. You use it to edify, to comfort, and to exhort people. That's what the gift is for. Now, I was in a church one time, and God used me in the gift of prophecy. I watched some of the people after the gift had went forth, and I noticed that they looked kind of shocked. I later found out that they had a standing rule that you had to have a message in tongues before you could have an interpretation or anything like that. It's amazing how people misunderstand the gifts, and they get into a pattern and into a rut so much that if anything deviates from the way that they have, quote, normally done it, then it can't be of God, or it takes them totally off base. The operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit should operate in an atmosphere of love. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is all about. The Corinthians had a problem, you see. They were boasting on their gifts. They were misusing their gifts. They wanted to see who could speak in tongues the most or the most often. They wanted to see who could use his gift the most. And Paul said, listen, the gifts are to be manifested in love. If they're not manifested in love, they don't minister to anybody. He wasn't saying don't use the gifts. He was saying do it this way. Use love. Let love be the motivating force that motivates you to minister the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are times when prophecy will foretell an event. In the book of Acts, they were in a transition period, you might say, and there were prophets then. But I believe they were New Testament prophets in the strictest sense of the word. And I believe there are New Testament prophets today. And there are times when they may stand up in our services and tell you something that's going to happen. Amen? It can happen. It can happen. It can also tell you some things that have already happened in your life that nobody else knew anything about. Amen? They can also unveil some things in your life that you thought you had hid real nicely. That you thought nobody else knew. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you something. When God's Holy Spirit starts to move in a spirit-filled church, in a spirit-filled congregation, when he starts working his miracles, when he starts manifesting himself, he can unveil some stuff that some folks had buried that they thought nobody would ever know. Now, he doesn't do it to embarrass you, you see. He does it to heal you. He does it to make you healthy and thereby make the body healthy. Anytime I conceal sin in my life, I am hurting myself and I am hurting the body of Christ. You say, now, Brother Bunch, you're way, way off base here, am I? Go to your Bible and go to the book of Acts and look up the case of Ananias and Sapphira. When you are in the midst of a spirit-filled congregation and a holy church, a church that is drawing closer and closer to Jesus Christ, and you are playing your little game of hide-and-seek with the Lord, look out, look out. Because, you see, God can make known what you're hiding in a way maybe nobody else knows, but you know. Ananias and Sapphira came before the apostles and said, you know, we want to be like the other guys. We want to give this big gift. And boy, old Peter just looked them right in the eyeballs and said, Why hath Satan put it in your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Oh, 
Son, when God starts... I've heard Jimmy Swaggart talk about some things in, in some of his meetings, and I've heard Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagin talking about some of the things in some of their meetings where God would reveal some of the hidden things that people had buried that were going on in their lives in a congregation. Some people carrying on adulterous affairs, and in cases, some cases even incestuous affairs, and, and some teenagers involved in, in, in premarital sex and fornication and so on and so forth, and, and, and this stuff starts to come to light. I had a youth pastor tell me, said, I had a youth meeting one time, and said, we're just sitting around having a discussion. And he said, here comes some of the pastors and deacons' kids and started confessing about their drugs and about the affairs that they were having. He said, I didn't know whether to stop it, run, or do what. When the Holy Ghost starts to move, he starts cleaning up. He cleans up, you see, and he builds up, and they become stronger and stronger and stronger. And nobody gets hurt except that one who wants to say, they're picking on me. And nobody's picking on anybody, see? It's just God saying, I want you whole. I want you healthy. And you can go on and say wealthy and wise if you want to. He wants that too, I guess. But he wants this body. He wants you healthy. And, and anything that happens in your life, that's sin, that you entertain, that you hide, that you conceal, it's hurting you and it hurts the whole work of the kingdom of God because you never sin and only hurt yourself. It always hurts others.